another episode of The Final Call here on Radio Massasoit, episode number 62. As always, Andrew Fantuccio, Ben Mamoritis, the man with the easiest name in the Zoom, Mr. Jason Snow. Guys, how we doing? Wonderful. Beautiful day here in America. <laughs> I didn't know how to answer that question. I'm good, though, Andrew. How are you? I'm great, Jason. Good. Professional um, up top, and then I got the red blanket, as usual, down below. So, you know, we're making, we're making it work today. It's chilly over there in the snow household. We're aptly named. Let's just say that. Yeah, I can tell. Coming up on today's episode, we'll go into some of the fatal weaknesses of NFL Super Bowl contenders, as well as guys under 25. What's their max potential? Stars under 25 years old. What's their ceiling in their careers? But first, as always on Tuesdays, NFL Week 14 wrap-up. We're going to start uh, where we normally end. Let's start with dumpster fire. For me, my dumpster fire this week is none other than the Houston Texans. A reoccurring theme on this show are quarterbacks who are underserved by the organization in terms of talent surrounding them on offense. Quarterbacks like Cam Newton, Carson Wentz have been two of our favorites. Well, add Deshaun Watson right to the top of that list. For a guy as athletic as he is, with a good head on his shoulders and talent dripping out of his nose, to be on a team as bad as the Houston Texans is a crime. This whole season can be classified as a dumpster fire for the Texans but they really outdid themselves this week against the, uh, against the Bears. Their defense, excuse me, their sad excuse of a defense gave up 30 points to a Bears offense that is one of the worst in the league in every major, major statistical category. Mitch Trubisky completed 78% of his passes for 267 yards and three touchdowns. Once again, that was Mitchell Trubisky's stat line. That's I- almost identical to what Aaron Rodgers had against the Lions this week. And that was from Mitchell yeah. Trubisky. Hey. And that's not bad enough. Houston gave up 11 quarterback hits on the day and allowed Deshaun Watson to get sacked six times. The Texans roster and their front office are in disarray. Deshaun Watson is being hung up to dry because of it. It's a good one. You, you hit it right on the head, Andrew. Houston, there's no way around it. Mitch Trubisky out through Deshaun Watson. Just, just Mitch Trubisky out through Deshaun Watson. And I don't care if you're in Chicago. I don't care if you're on Soldier Field. I don't care if you're on a boat. I don't care if you're on a cruise. I don't care if you're on the, in the Caribbean. I don't care wow. if you're in Mitch Trubisky's backyard. Any football game in which that happens, yikes. That is, that is not a good sign. Houston, they need to overhaul it. And Andrew, you hit it right on the head. Deshaun sacked six times, hit 11 times. Their, their offensive line is makeshift outside a left tackle. Mitch Trib- it's 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 a disaster. And Same I thought the were- stat line is Aaron Rodgers. Yep. That's how can you let that happen from Mitch Trubisky? Yep. Hey. They're a bad football team. And to not even that's a game. I know it's in Chicago and that's a tough place to play, but the weather wasn't too bad. And that's a game you should probably come within three touchdowns of. I'm just come on. Seven point. I don't care. Just it's gross and Chicago, I mean, uh, Houston needs to tear it down. Thirty-six to seven loss to the Chicago Bears, led by Mitch Trubisky, who played like Aaron Rodgers for a day. How can you let that happen, Ben? Who's your dumpster fire, if not well, Houston? I had a few. Houston was one of them, and you guys kind of swayed me. And I think I'm going to go Houston with this one. I had the Falcons as one of them as well. You lose to the Chargers, who just got their teeth kicked in by the Patriots, who suck. Um, and you lose to a game-winning field goal. That was one. 
And then the other one was the 49ers losing to Washington in just awful fashion. Nick Mullins looks like complete garbage. And they don't really have a backup plan at QB right now anyway because Jimmy G's out. So both those teams I had as well as Houston. But, I mean, you guys hit the nail right on the head. I, I don't really know what else I can say about Houston. <laughs> Break it down, you know. I mean, hopefully you get Eric Bieniemy next year. And then, you know, hopefully Deshaun Watson will be having to uh, pick the confetti out of his cleats after that, hopefully. So, I don't know. <laughs> like you said, Andrew, the guy's got talent dripping out of every orifice in his body. And <laughs> and the Texans are just wasting that right now. And they he needs help. They need to get him some legitimate help. He needs some, some O-line help, receivers, give him a run game. Give him a defense. Give him everything. Just if only he had a top receiver in the game. If only he had an elite receiver. I know, right? If only he had someone, you know, who had beautiful dreadlocks. Who went to Clemson? Had huge, yeah. yeah. Went to Clemson. You know, had has huge hands. Has an insane vertical. Maybe he would wear number ten. Maybe. And I just I think that would be a really cool thing if they had that. Did, did why don't they have that though? I don't know. They like David Johnson in a fourth rounder. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Houston Texans dumpster fire. Consensus. All right, team of the week, Jason, you're up. Team of the I'm going to make some history, and it's rare that there's two teams of the week, and it's even more rare that they face each other. I'm going to go to the best game of the weekend last night. There's no way I I knew this. For, I don't mean to interrupt you, Jason, but when Please. we were watching this game last night, I was like, I guarantee you Jason's going to split this award for this game. <laughs> I knew it. I love it, though. I love it. Keep going. I love well, it. Well, buy yourself a lottery ticket because it doesn't happen often. Hey. I don't sing Cleveland's uh, <laughs> praises uh, much, but here we go. Wow. Cle- Baker Mayfield not sacked at all. Um, 343 yards, two touchdowns, a pick, and one rushing touchdown. Both teams with incredible drives within the last two minutes but the biggest thing for me in, in this i'm gonna go big picture for cleveland kevin stefanski's the guy you nailed it they nailed that hire and it's weird that the browns nail a hire but i feel like they got their guy i mean baker looks comfortable and even without obj and austin hooper two of their most marquee receivers baker mayfield was dealing i'm not gonna like donovan peoples jones and joku landry's their biggest target richard higgins and harrison bryant even who i didn't know coming into this season they're making it work, and I didn't think they'd duplicate what they did last week against Tennessee offensively, but here they go, slinging 42 points on the board. So it's an impressive. But additionally for Baltimore, tip of the cap to Lamar Jackson. You know, he completed seven passes up to that last drive, and I was like, you know what? I'll give Lamar a minute, pin down in his own end, just make him beat me. He had seven complete. I was like, he doesn't really throw. Marquise uh, Hollywood Brown three drops on the game. Mark Andrews barely targeted. I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I would let Baltimore try to come up the field on me. They don't really throw it off and they can't run it. I mean, Lamar almost outran Cleveland himself. So it was an unbelievable performance by two legitimate teams. I don't know if Baltimore can still sneak into the playoffs, but this is encouraging. Jason, excellent points there. Uh, I mean, Baker Mayfield had what? 341 yards passing. He looked, he looked really good, which is so hard for me to I don't even care that they lost. I'm I'm just impressed. Yeah, I mean, and listen, Lamar, you guys know how I feel about Lamar. That guy's special. But my team of the week, I'm going to go with the team that has had a pretty rough season. 
they had a pretty rough season so far, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. And here's why, okay? They got their guy. <laughs> Listen, this could be a total. This could be a total. Here we go again with you handing out participation trophies way too early. Hey, hey, listen. I was on the fence about benching Carson Wentz, but Carson Wentz, by all accounts, is kind of a terrible leader. You know, his body language, his his locker room presence. Just, I mean, by all accounts, it's just not great. Then you bring in a guy like Jalen Hurts, who was great in Alabama, and then he goes to Oklahoma, and he's, you know, arguably even better, almost wins the Heisman, if not for Burrow's excellent year. But he goes against arguably the best defense in the league in the New Orleans Saints and comes out with a victory. And I know the Saints didn't have a great game, but you have to give credit for their first career start. Like, Jason, you were saying it last week, like putting Jalen Hurts in his first career start against the best defense in the league. We, I was uneasy know, about it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and rightfully so. I mean, a lot of people don't shine in those moments, but Jalen Hurts did, and Jalen Hurts showed up. And we were saying all year about how this O-line for the Eagles is garbage and how the receivers can't get open and all this. It looked good with Jalen Hurts in there. He looked like he was running that offense. I mean, he was making throws. He was also very mobile, getting out of the pocket. His decision-making was good. Honestly, I mean, I think, I think it's his job in Philly. I really do. I mean, just from that against the best defense in the league, I don't know how you can play Carson Wentz after that. I mean, I think you got to ride Jalen Hurts now until, you know, he proves otherwise. But right now, Jalen Hurts is the guy. So Philadelphia for beating the team, the best team in the NFC probably, they're my team of the week. You know, Ben, I can't say that I'm surprised you're handing out uh, that high of a praise this early on after just one start. I can't say I'm surprised because you do it all the time. But, Jason, <laughs> I am surprised that you went against your Indianapolis Colts, who were my team of the week this week. Colts came up with a must-have kind of win on the road against the Raiders, led by Jonathan Taylor's 150 yards on the ground with two touchdowns. The Colts separated themselves from the rest of the AFC wildcard pack this week while keeping pace with the Titans for first in their division. Philip Rivers had a nice game, 244 for two touchdowns. But the defense, the Indianapolis Colts defense was the real difference in this one, coming up with three turnovers, including a pick six from Kari Williams to ice the game in the fourth quarter. Indy's surging right now, and I like how they're playing heading to the, uh, heading to the playoffs. boy. I'm really shocked you didn't go with that. <laughs> I mean, I praise Cleveland, and I, I um, kind of go past my Colts there. It's, uh, it's is, a weird what time. What is going honest. on with you? I don't know. Feeling a little I bet, sick. I bet, I bet the Colts were your pick until that game last night, though. We'll never know. But, hey, we'll never know. I can't blame you, though. That was game of the year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it kind of reminded me of, you remember that, was it Chiefs-Rams a couple yep. years ago? Monday night game. It was just a fireworks yep. show. I, I mean, I feel like this game was a little bit better because of Lamar's absence. And honestly, just to speak a little bit more about Lamar, I don't want to go over my skis a little bit, but that was the most impressed I've been with Lamar throughout his career. MVP season, you know, was all well and fine. He obviously deserved it, but to make the throws that he did when they needed it, playoffs on the line, absolutely stellar performance. Yep. He's a franchise quarterback. I can't disagree with you there, Jason. And I was really worried hanging to the show because I felt if I was going to name this player my good noodle, I'd have to worry about Ben violating FCC regulations. <laughs> Aaron Gordon I, is your good noodle. And I do want to preface this by saying that I easily could have picked Baker Mayfield to be my good noodle this week. Yep. But right Lamar Jackson so. was the one with the ball in his hands at the end of the game last night. One of the Thank marks you. of an elite quarterback is taking advantage of opportunities late in games, and that's exactly what Jackson did last night. Yep. The Browns left way too much time on the clock. 
They did. You score with a minute left. You still had all three of your timeouts, and you score. I know Kareem Hunt was doing exactly what he's supposed to do in every other situation of the game. I know. But in that moment, you have to remember how much time is left, how many timeouts you have, the fact that the Ravens didn't have any timeouts, and you left just a little too much time on the clock. Yeah. Lamar Jackson marched the Ravens down the field, set up the game-winning field goal from Justin Tucker. Every single play was a pass play, by the way, which I was surprised about. Mm-hmm. I think Lamar still has a long way to go in order to prove to me that he's an elite quarterback. He still has a long way to go before he reaches his franchise caliber. He needs to win a playoff game. He still needs to develop as a passer. But he began to make a case for himself last night when he proved that he's capable of playing from behind and doesn't crumble when the Ravens aren't winning. So for that, he's good enough to be my good middle of the week. I'm a good I'm a good, good pick. Good pick. Well, I don't mean to piggyback on you, Ben. Um, Jalen Hurts is my good noodle. And, <laughs> and I'm not going to go and, and name him the Philly starter for the next decade, but... I, well, okay. Let me, <laughs> I'm just, let me, I'm just I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying for the next decade. I'm saying <laughs> I would just rather have him over Carson Wentz right now. Let's just say Yeah. That. Well, Carson's heart is, is really hurting right now. Jalen Hurts, pun intended. Ugh. Absolutely. Andrew's Oof. grimacing. I love every second of it. But <laughs> I think... I'm giving Jalen this award because of how I doubted him. And I was like, you know what? That's not a very smart decision to just throw your second round quarter, your second round pick at quarterback. I didn't really know what I was going to get out of Jalen Hurts. And he making, making the throws, making, you know, plays on the ground. And, and Ben, you expanded on earlier, earlier, but I don't think it's a good sign for Carson Wentz when both times your backup replaces you, the team kind of galvanizes beyond you. Yep. That's that's not a good sign. And I don't want to call him a bad leader because I'm not in the in the locker room with him. But at the same time, it's like talent can only take you so far. And you kind of need that extra that extra layer of of oomph that Jalen obviously riled up within the Eagles. But that was the most energized that team has looked all year long. And there, I, don't, I don't know if there's any debate to that, but 17 point second quarter, second most total yards all year long against the best defense in the NFC like I said, made some real plays with his feet. I'm really impressed with Jalen Hurts. Can he duplicate it? Who knows? But at least for this week, he's my good noodle. He absolutely exceeded my expectation. I'm a good noodle! I'm a good noodle! Yeah, and I mean, I think there was a quote. I forget who said it. It was one of the receivers. It was, um, I can't remember who, who it was who said this, but they said that uh, when asked about Jalen Hurts' performance, they said he's a natural leader and he gave us a, a breath of life. Like that, or something like that. So, Uh-oh. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't know, man. I just have a bad feeling in, like, my gut about Carson Wentz. But anyway, to my good noodle, you guys knew this from the very beginning. I mean, from the second the second this game was over, you knew that this was going to be my good noodle. And it's Derrick Henry, the best running back in the league. What can I say? What can I say? 215 yards rushing, two touchdowns. He passes Jim Brown, LaDainian Tomlinson, and Barry Sanders for most 200-yard and two-touchdown games. Are those, are those guys Hall of Famers? Yeah, they are. They're actually considered to be, you know, some of the best running backs of all time. And right now, Derrick Henry sits pretty at number one in yards, rushing attempts, yards per game, and rushing touchdowns. So, question I ask you guys, is Derrick Henry in the consideration for MVP? Because yes. he's, he's 100% should so. be. Mm-hmm. In the conversation. He, he has a chance to break 2,000 yards, which only a handful of people have ever done. And every single one of those people that won or that eclipsed 2,000 yards won MVP. So I don't know. 
Because, I mean, listen, if he, I think, if he averages 191 rush yards over the next three games, he'll break the rushing record. Now, I know that's a tall task, but if anyone can do it, it's Derrick Henry. I mean, this guy's insane. He's, he's as big as Jim Brown, but with all the elusiveness and, and agility and speed as, uh, I mean, he's not as fast as Barry Sanders, but Eric Dickerson, let's say, okay? I mean, he's, he's lightning quick for a big guy. And there's nothing that can really stop him unless his coach only runs him 15 times for 60 yards against Cleveland. <clears throat> but other than that, this guy is, he's making his case. I don't think he's going to win the MVP because I think, you know, it's going to be either Mahomes or Rodgers, but he's in the conversation. And Derrick Henry's my good noodle. I'm a good noodle. I'm a good noodle. There's the Bill Russell finals MVP award. There's the Lombardi Trophy. I think we should just name this the Derrick Henry Award, to be honest. I mean, how many times have we given it to him? I mean, you've given it to him at several different weeks, and I believe I've, I was on that train for a while. This might be my third week. He's insane. It seems him. like more. It seems like more, but I only count three because there was the first – the game he had against the, his first 200-yard game of the season, which I forget who they played. And then he played the when he went off against the Colts for like a buck seventy. That's when I had him again, and then this week. So I count three. But I'm listen, MVP though. He's in he's there. Hundred percent. I mean, hundred percent. He's he's worth. I mean, the I pick him for my good noodle because he's worthy of that. I mean, yeah. No, we, no one's disputing it. We, we can't take two hundred yards rushing for granted. I mean, that's crazy. The fact that he has already more rushing or more two hundred yard and two touchdown games than the guys I just listed. And Barry Sanders played for 10 years. Lydia Tomlinson played for a while. Jim Brown, I mean, only played nine years. He retired early, but still nine years. Derrick Henry's in what, his third or fourth year? Come on. And he was no, on the franchise like, tag four months ago. Third or four? No, it's probably like five or six. You know what I mean? I just want to, no, I'm not talking. I just want to make sure. Third or four, I mean, maybe. It doesn't see, it seems a little well, bit his longer. First, his, his first, his first few years, he was, he was sharing, he was splitting carries with like Dion Lewis. Like his first two years were kind of like his numbers weren't great, but once he got the years in, in making up for that defense, who might yes. be a shortcoming, might keeping, be a shortcoming. Keeping, keeping the offense off the field. He's definitely in the MVP category, but is he good enough to carry the Titans to the Super Bowl? I say no, because the Titans have a fatal flaw. We'll get to fatal flaws of end of Super Bowl caliber teams next on the final call. Back on the final call, this segment is brought to you by NewEnglandSportsUnited.com, written by the one and only Jason Snow. NewEnglandSportsUnited.com, written for New England. Oh, great publication. Yes. Been waiting to get that out of me. Great publication. That's what I spent my weekend doing, just like in the fetal position in the corner, thinking of ways to do that better. So I hope you enjoyed that. (laughs) (laughs) Hope your, uh, hope your ears are still bleeding. Anyways, as I left off the last segment, I think the Titans, as good as Derrick Henry is, their defense is not good enough to, to win them a Super Bowl title. The Titans' defense has been one of the worst in the NFL this season, especially against the pass prior to being placed on injury reserve this year. Jadavion Clowney was, had one of his worst seasons of his career and hadn't recorded a sack yet. And while the rest of the team has only combined for 14 total sacks on the season so far, and has only hurried opposing quarterbacks on 7% of total dropbacks. You can't win a Super Bowl when you're not pressuring the passer. And because of that, that places even more responsibility on Tennessee's secondary, who has also struggled this year after losing Logan Ryan, who led them in interceptions last season. Uh, they're giving up 273 yards 
per game through the air and allowed 28 passing touchdowns on the season. That's, you know, the same amount as teams like the Jets, the Jaguars, the Cowboys. Like, yeah, Derrick Henry is really good. He's definitely in the MVP conversation. And if he, Ben, I didn't realize that he was on pace to break 2,000 yards, but if he does, then, then yeah, he'll probably get my MVP vote. But I think the dead weight of this Titans defense is just too heavy for him to, to overcome come playoff time. I agree. I mean, as, hey, as much as I love Derrick Henry, I can't, you know, I have eyes. I can see what's going on, and the defense clearly has holes. So, I mean, we saw it against uh, Cleveland. Um, we saw it with the Colts earlier in the year. This, this team does have a weakness, and it's the defense. And the, the trick to that is keep them off the field, give the ball to Derrick Henry, milk the clock, you know, keep your defense on the bench. That's the only way you can really win games. And come playoff time, that's really going to be tested. And what's weird to me is they're a run-centric team. They're a run-oriented team, but they can still come back from behind. We, we, saw, we saw that in, in other games this season, and they can make up deficits quicker than a Baltimore does. And I feel like that's kind of a strength that other run-centric teams don't necessarily have. But I would still put them in the Super Bowl bubble if I were to make one of the, a handful of superior teams in the league. I think they're still in there. And Derrick Henry is the main reason why, but... I wouldn't – I mean, their defense, they, they win by shootout. They, they rely on that. They, it's a pillow fight every week in and week out for them. I don't know. I, I really – I mean, yeah, A.J. Brown and um, – Corey Davis. Thank you, Corey Davis. I mean, they're good receivers. Uh, I like Ryan Tannehill, and, like, we've had this argument before. Like, I think you could – in theory, you could win a Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill, but everything else on that team has to be perfect. Yeah. And that's right? where – I, and I would you, feel different about this team if they had – a better quarterback. I, I would really put the ball. Like, I don't think the defense would matter as much if they had a better. No, it would. Because if you had a Pat Mahomes, you had the Sean Watson and you could, and not that I don't rely. I, I, I'd say you could rely on Ryan Tannehill to make big time throws. Right. I think you could, but that's also with the idea that Derrick Henry is behind him. That's also yeah. with the idea that uh, an elite running backs behind him. So you had to cheat and step up and protect and, and load the box. Right. I think Tannehill can do it. I think he showed that he was capable of doing it in the AFC Championship game last year where he kept pace with, the, with, uh, with Kansas City, right? But this year, with the Titans' defense being as bad as it is, there's just no chance. There's no chance. This Titans team is not winning a Super Bowl. They need the a defense. The only way I push back on that is, in terms of Tannehill making big throws and, and coming in when you need him most, is that in overtime, when they need a touchdown or when they need yards or they're – third and forever and they need they need a first down when it matters most who do they direct snap it to you don't direct snap it to, <laughs> you don't you don't go away from a Deshaun you don't you don't go away from um you know a big Ben you don't go away from Patrick Mahomes you don't go away from Russell Wilson you don't you don't even go away from Jimmy Garoppolo and we saw how San Francisco uh used the running game to get to the Super Bowl last year they they relied on Jimmy Garoppolo to make throws who do they go to who does Tennessee go to? Ben knows the answer better than any of us. And he <laughs> had a jersey almost on the, on the way for him. Derrick Henry. They go to Derrick Henry whenever they need yards in bulk. I, I think Derrick Henry leads the league in yards after contact. I mean, yeah, he's the locomotive that makes this thing go. And I like but I said, is that enough to carry this team with that defense? I mean, how can if, how can you have a defense that's in the same conversation as the as the Jets, the Jaguars, and the Cowboys and win a Super Bowl? You can't do that. Yeah, I mean that just speaks to how good Derrick Henry is and the fact that they're, what are they, nine and four right now? Yep. And 
they would not be nine and four without Derrick Henry. I can tell you that right now. But now but, I want. I mean, I don't know exactly who Tennessee's played this year. I don't know what their schedule looks like. But I, I would. All right, I, but yeah, I mean, I could but, promise you. I, I don't want to say I promise you, but I could. I would bet money that if you go back and you look at those games and who Tennessee played, the majority of those wins came against teams who were sub five hundred record. Probably, I mean, they beat. I mean, yeah, they beat. They beat the Texans. They beat the Jags. Obviously, they beat Baltimore. They beat. They did. They beat, they beat Baltimore in overtime. Yeah. In a shootout. They the beat Texans the Bears when they were though. decent before they lost. Yeah, the Bears were never decent. Let's let's not <laughs> back, back when back when they were like five and one. Yeah. Yeah. But the, I, I don't know. Give give me the rest of the season. I want to see how this team goes. Um, All right. So who do you worry about, Jason? What what's a team that you worry about? I don't want to. I don't want to pile on. But uh, the Saints. I worry about the Saints. And and don't get me wrong. I'm not gonna you know look at the last loss against Philly and be like the world's the sky's falling. They're not. They're they're in the, the tier. They're in the Super Bowl tier, but I feel like they have one foot out the door for me. And most of it hinges on Drew Brees. They need Drew Brees to make a run. They need Drew Brees, honestly, to compete with a team like Kansas City. And we'll see it this week. They need Drew Brees to stay in like the Buffalo tier. They need they need him to to really hang with these with these good teams. Um Taysom Hill's not a Taysom Hill's not a starting quarterback in the league. I don't I don't care. He their offense is limited. They don't look the same, and I'm not. Obviously, they're not going to look the same post a Hall of Fame quarterback. That's obvious. But to kind of not fall off a cliff, but they just don't look as dynamic. You, what did Taysom Hill do this weekend? He threw his first passing touchdown of his career. He started like four games for them. That tells you all you need to. And he, they faced Denver without a quarterback. Like, come on. Like, they're not. I'm going to say it. They're not going to go very far in the playoffs, and we see it every year. I predict them to win the Super Bowl last year, and they let me down to Kirk Cousins at home with Drew Brees. Give me a break. This team, they're limited. I have eyeballs. Sure, they've won 9 out of 10, but I don't know if I feel so strongly about it. They're, they're in the tier of Super Bowl contenders, but I don't know if I feel very confident in them. Yeah, they need Drew Brees. They definitely need Drew Brees. That's, that's a given. And, yeah, Taysom Hill is good, but is he, like, like he's dynamic, yes. You know, mobile quarterback, big, but can you rely on him to make the big throws down the field? Absolutely not. Like, can you rely I, on him to make any throws down the field? That's yeah. the thing. Like I, I, I questioned Lamar Jackson all last year on that, right? But I have even more questions about Taysom Hill because I don't think the guy can even throw the football. Period. And Hill's been in that offense a while. I granted he has, but he never plays as the multiple positions. Yeah, I know. He's, he plays he's mostly as the gadget but, tight end. Yeah, I mean, sometimes he'll 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 come in on like a third and two, and Drew Brees will be on the sideline, and you know uh, he'll take the direct snap and just like run it up the middle. But like, it's not he's not actually playing quarterback, you know, like from the from it. Like you said, it's a gadget type position where he's just kind of, you know, it's all run centric. And Jason, you know, I, I can be honest, I worry about them even with Drew Brees. I mean, we were saying it earlier yeah. this year, Drew Brees is not what he used to be, right? His arm is not what it used to be. He's older. He's he's not as durable as he once was. Again, what was it? Again, 11 broken ribs, 11 yeah. fractures in his ribs. This, like, is, this, I, is, this is last year. He can't play next year. You know, and like we were saying earlier this year, can he get, you know, can he get over the hump? And I, I just question, if, he, if they go up against a team like Green Bay, especially in Lambeau or Kansas City in the Super Bowl, can can they keep pace? Yeah, that defense is playing great. Mm-mm, 
they can't. Keep I just I that defense is gonna is gonna give up some points in those two games, especially against those two quarterbacks. Yeah. And Drew Brees is gonna have to have like you know find some you know the fountain of youth or something. Drew Brees, love you, mean it. I really do. Hall of Fame quarterback, one of my favorite players ever. But like you, if he unless he reverts, you know, turns the clock back like five years, I really question the Saints team. I mean, like I said, this is this is this has to be Drew Brees' last year. I mean, he was barely making it through this year when he was healthy, and now he just broke, like you said, what was it, eleven ribs? I mean, at forty-one years old, it's hard to come back from an injury like that. So. I mean, it doesn't look good. I mean, is he out for the year, or is he supposed to come back? Cause... He's supposed to come back. There's rumors that he might return this week, but again, they I think New Orleans wants to be tentative, and they they only want to bring him back when they absolutely have to. Yeah. So Keep if anything, as as they possibly can. Yeah. If anything, he's gonna come back at playoff time, and hopefully, he can will that team to the Super Bowl. But that's a now, tall, let me that ask is you guys a tall question, task. Right. Green Bay just took the first seed in in the NFC. Right. Yep. New Orleans doesn't get a bye after the second seed because they've changed the playoff format. And if they have to go on the road in the NFC Championship game to play Green Bay, I don't like their chances. So let me ask you this. Do they have to start Drew Brees this week against Kansas City to keep pace with Green Bay? Because I would say yes. Yeah, I mean, argument can be made. I'd have to agree with you there. Um, I, If you put Taysom Hill up against Patrick Mahomes, I'm sorry. You're not winning that game. He cannot keep pace. And as much as I love Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas and, you know, that's... Michael that, Thomas is a non-factor with Taysom Hill out there. Yeah, no, you're right. And it's, that, that just isn't going to happen. I mean, but with, with Drew Brees, it's like he at least opens up the offense a little bit to the point where you can actually attempt to keep pace. The defense is going to have to somehow nail down Mahomes in that offense. If if they have any chance of keeping pace, so if they can't do that, they're screwed. And if and listen, if they go to if they go to Lambeau Field in January, a dome football team, even I don't care if there's no fans, they're they're losing that game. You kidding me? Hey, Aaron Rodgers lives for the cold weather, and you're going up to his house, and your team is used to playing indoors. I I do not like your chances going into that game. I don't know. I'm right there with you. Ben, do you have a team that uh, that you like but has a fatal flaw? I do. And this is a team that I think we all like. It's the Seattle Seahawks. And it's obviously the defense. It's the defense. You have arguably the best quarterback in the league, Russell Wilson, who was in the MVP conversation for the first half of the year. And then he started to overcorrect and – force throws and try to make up for what the defense was given up. And now all of a sudden he's nowhere near the top of the MVP race. So, and it's because of the defense and you have, you have such a special offense. I mean, yeah. I mean, the old line isn't something I necessarily, you know, love, but DK Metcalf, you guys know, I love him. Uh, Tyler Lockett, Tyler Lockett is a big time receiver. And we all know what Russell Wilson can do. Chris Carson out of the backfield, he's he he can be explosive. But if you put this team up against any other team in the NFC, let's say, you know, I mean, right now they're in a wild card spot, I believe. So if, if they, you know, even against the Cardinals, I mean, they struggled against the Cardinals with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. And so I don't know how you're going to fare against the Green Bay or, I mean, even like a Minnesota where they just run it down your throat. I mean, that's 
That's that's tough, and it's and it's unfortunate because Russell Wilson's one of my favorite players in the league, and he deserves a ring. I mean, he we say this all the time. He deserves a ring. He deserves an MVP. He deserves at least an MVP vote, which he still has never gotten. And this defense lets him down. And Pete Carroll is a defensive-minded coach, and you would think like, oh wow. I mean, Seattle had an all-time great defense with that Legion of Boom, and you know, they're it's you look at the Seattle defense now, it's unrecognizable. I mean, they they're all over the place. And they're on pace with other teams like the Jets and the Cowboys for worst defense in the league. And with when you have an offense as great as the Seahawks with Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, and all those guys, having a defense like that is unacceptable. Unacceptable. I'm, I'm with you on the defense, but I, I'm going to take it a step further. Offensive line. They don't, yeah. they, their offensive line is makeshift. I mean, we saw it against the Giants who – they're gonna make. They're gonna. Yeah, I don't love the them. NFC East, but they're not. They're not a good team. They're they're kind of a nondescript team. Six sacks on Russell Wilson. Russell yeah. Wilson threw it forty three times and still still only scored twelve points against a eh, team at home. See, I don't think Seattle's an, a Super Bowl caliber team. I, I literally don't. And it's unfortunate because like I picked Russell to win the MVP this year. He's not gonna. But. I thought this team would be a lot better. They made the trade for Jamal Adams. I thought, you know, that might stitch things together more than it has. But when you have a team, I wouldn't go to as far to say they're finesse, but when you have a team that doesn't win games in the trenches, they don't win games. They, they rely on Russell Wilson to make plays every, every time out the field. He's carrying the team. Yeah. Can I, can I add on to this? I mean, I would go expand above the defense. I expand above the offensive line. I just said the offense in general. One, Chris Carson, uh, you can't really rely on him to stay healthy. So mm-hmm. he's your lead back. Without him, you, you're, again, you're putting the game on Russell Wilson's shoulders. And honestly, like I, I like DK Metcalf, but I still have some questions about him, especially when he has to go up against some of the elite corners in the NFL. Some of the games he's played, like, yeah, he's had some standout games. He's had some highlights, right? But going up against some of the top competition, he hasn't performed, I'd say. I mean, in week, was it, four against the, against the Dolphins? Match up with Xavier Howard, who leads the league in interceptions. Four catches, no touchdowns. Yeah, he had 100 yards, but again, you rely on DK to, in the red zone. Uh, he was shut down by Jalen Ramsey, shut down by, Pat, by Patrick Peterson. You know, I, I, leaked, I like DK. I don't think this is exactly what he is. He still has room to grow. But when, he's, when he is that team's best receiver, and Tyler Lockett, he, I picked him as my good noodle earlier this year, but I don't know. I don't really – rely on Tyler Lockett either I think DK has got to step up more which is I I don't want it's a little unfair for a guy only his second year in the league but for someone who's supposed to be you know this cheat code of receiver he hasn't exactly been that against the best competition (laughs) he was leading the league in receiving yards Andrew do you recall I recall but let's remember where you know is he stepping up against the biggest matchups? No. Again, Jalen Ramsey shut him down. Pat Peterson shut him down. Darius Slay wasn't afraid of him, right? Yeah, there's these big – you know, he can out-muscle these small, these small corners, but DK has to refine his route running. He Darius, can Slay of, Darius Slay of the Eagles? Yeah. He personally victimized Darius Slay. He wasn't afraid of him. In the first half, like he finally fought through it, but in the first half, Darius Slay was stepping up to him. <laughs> and then what happened? DK ate him alive. I, again, <laughs> but DK's got to learn to fight through it. He did it against that against Darius Slay, but he had to figure out in the first half. He struggled against Jalen Ramsey. Saving Howard, he struggled against. He did fight through Stephon Gilmore, so I'll give him that. 
but against these elite corners, I I'm curious because and that's it's, that's also unfair to him because he really it is, is their unfair own, to him, hundred percent. Because outside of the, their only viable target, but at the same time, when you are that one big target, right? You got to be able to fight through it. Like Gronkowski was with the Patriots, right? He was so big and strong and physical that he was able to fight through, you know, multiple, you know, he's able to fight through three or four guys to get to the end zone. I I haven't seen that from DK just quite yet. Is he capable? Sure. He's definitely he he breaks tackles every week. He has physical attributes, but I I wonder if someone steps up and punches him in the mouth, does he have the fight to punch back? I listen. I've been watching a lot of Seahawks, and I I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. I can tell you right now. Listen, he'll he'll start he'll catch the ball and have two guys draped on him, and he'll keep going. He he breaks tackles. Guys bounce off of him. I mean, he's he's a grown man. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's he's only in his second year. He's but, a grown man that still has a lot more room to grow as a receiver. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. that's what I'm saying here. But you I mean, know, he's got he again. He had two he, he had two you, games where he got locked up by Jalen Ramsey, use, who's probably the best corner in the league, and exactly Patrick that's Peterson. what I'm saying. That's and what I'm other saying. Other than that, other than that, right? He's eight, he's eight other corners alive. So, but that's what I'm I saying. Mean, I'm ben, not really right? holding that against, against, against you know you, physical talent can only take you so far, right? But you would also have to have the mental capacity and the refined game skills to really be an elite player in the NFL. And the nitpicking award goes to Andrew. Well, if we're not nitpicking, what's the point? DK is definitely a talented player. He's a great – I would say he's well on his way to having uh, an all-star, pro bowl caliber career. But could he reach even further? Players under 25 around the world of sports, what's their max potential? We'll get to that next on the final call. Back on the final call, final segment of the final call. Breaking news at the time of this recording, Giannis Antetokounmpo has now signed his Supermax contract with the Milwaukee Bucks for a total of five years, $228 million to stay in Milwaukee. We will get to that contract itself coming up on Friday with the NBA extravaganza episode. But first, I'm going to ask you guys this. What's Giannis' potential? He's under 25. Mm-hmm. How far can he go? Where is he at right now? How far, how high can Giannis reach? So should I, should I go into... Um, Explain the tiers. Explain okay. the tiers. All right, so... Ba-ba-ba. <laughs> so... We're going to rate this based on what we think, how, or what accolades, what we think players will reach. So the tier goes all-star at the bottom, then MVP, champion, Hall of Fame, and then greatest of all time. Greatest of all time being the top one. So we're going to grade, a, we have a ton of players, it's a list, but we have a ton of players that we're going to grade based on this scale. So the first one, as Andrew mentioned, is Giannis Antetokounmpo, who I think is... Well, obviously- first, where, where do you think he is right now? Well, obviously, he's an MVP right okay. now. But I think he has a chance to be a champion, and I think he has a chance to make the Hall of Fame. And I think he's as high as I'll go is Hall of Fame. Obviously, I don't think greatest of all time in basketball is very hard to achieve. So I think that, you know, it's, it's Hall of Fame is a safe bet for me. I mean, he's special already two MVPs, defensive player of the year. Bucks are a perennial powerhouse in the East. He's, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. 
I'm right there with you. I don't have to say any. I mean, he has some work to do. I mean, can he you does. create a shot? Absolutely. Can you shoot a three? Can you can you avoid Miami walls? I mean, he has some right. work to do, but he's 25 MVP level um, right now. Um, I just have some questions when it comes to performing to peak potential in the playoffs. And for that reason, I, I put him at the MVP level right now. But he has the potential within the next five years. He's in my, um, Milwaukee. Almost jumped the gun there. I almost said Miami. Um, <laughs> I agree. I agree 100%. But he has some work to do. But MVP level right now, he has the potential. Yep. I agree. Yeah, I agree with you too, uh, too, Jason. He's an MVP caliber player right now. Like you said, the accolades are already stacking up two MVPs, defensive player of the year. I do question right now if he could ever be the best player in a championship team, but I will put him as a Hall of Fame caliber player. I just feel like Giannis needs, without the ability to shoot, he needs another guy next to him. And I think we've all mentioned it. We've all talked about this on the show before. This is not breaking news. But that doesn't take away from his talent, from his potential. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame at some point. Uh, yeah, for him, to, I mean, especially in basketball, Ben, you said it. To get above, <clears throat> to get above uh, LeBron James or Michael Jordan, Kobe, Bill Russell, you have to have, you know, a real, like, pedigree of a career. And Giannis has a yeah. long way to go for that. So I, I'll put him at Hall of Fame. But who would you guys compare him to? What, uh, you know, when, when it, Giannis eventually retires, what, you know, who – what, in what class are we going to put him? Who is the one player we can say, okay, he was this generation's version of what? Ooh. That's a good question. That is a good question. Um, think about style. Think about style of play. Think about who his, his statistics will likely be similar to. Who do you think? I mean, this one's, this one's kind of obvious, and a lot of people compare him, Giannis to him, and I know Jason kind of is not yeah, in yeah. love with this, but Shaquille O'Neal, mm-hmm. just because – in the paint, there's not many people who can stop Giannis, especially one-on-one. If it's one-on-one, forget about it. But um, that's really tough. Because the thing with Shaq, though, Shaq was unstoppable. You could build a, ra- a wall around Shaq, and he's going to go over it or through it. or you know. But with Giannis, he, still has, he hasn't found that way to how to kind of navigate, how to get over that wall. So, obviously... Shaq's nowhere near the shooter that Giannis is, but Giannis still can't shoot. So, I mean, the easy one for me is Shaq, but I don't know. Jason, what do you think? I agree with the Shaq in terms of sheer dominance. But if I'm, if I'm going to go gameplay, just try to follow me here. If you were to combine Shaq's dominance with Julius Irving's agility and like sheer athleticism and getting to the rim and, and handling and dunking ability, still can't shoot. But, and I know Julius is undersized, more undersized than Giannis. But if you were to combine those play styles, what would it be? I feel like it'd come out to something sort of kind of like Giannis. So we're Julius, putting, Julius has the long wingspan and the big hands too. We're that's gonna put Giannis in the same like as this generation's Julius Irving, same uh, Dr. J. Not exactly the same, but if you were to but combine this generation with Shaq, so, okay, I see physique, right. things like that. I get that. All right, Jason, who's who's someone else under twenty five that you want to talk about? Well, there are, there are a couple, so let's fire through these quick. Um, let's go with Luka. Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks. Had a good uh, sophomore season. What do you think he, his trajectory is? i say he's also already an MVP caliber level. The guy is number four. He finished fourth in the MVP voting last year. Something yep. like that, right? And he's only going to get better. I question whether or not the defense will come along. However, you know, same time, it's like, you know, if you're that good of a shooter and you can get someone else on your team, you know, 
you 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 could win a championship. I, I would put him at I'll, I'll put him at championship level. I don't know about Hall of Fame because he's still just so young and he hasn't exactly won that type that caliber that accolade yet. So I won't put him a Hall of Fame just yet. So right now, just to be safe, be cautious. I'll put him an MVP right now, potential championship level player. I'll take it up a notch. I'll say I'll say he could be in the Hall of Fame. And the reason I say that is because Luka Doncic doesn't grow on trees. I mean, this is a guy who, in the EuroLeague, he was dominating at 19 years old, 18, 19 years old, comes to the NBA, wins Rookie of the Year, says multiple times, is well-documented him saying that, that playing in the NBA is easier than in the EuroLeague. Um, you know, 6'9", can handle the ball, shoot, pass, excellent passer, can defend. He can do a little bit of everything, and... You know, he was he was he was the guy that LeBron was going after to recruit to Nike. That was yep. that was number one on LeBron's on LeBron's list. So I mean, just this guy is special. I mean, we saw it in the bubble how how good he was. That buzzer beater against the Clippers was all time. Um, I mean, he took that Clippers team to I think six games. He he shows that he can do it in the postseason. I think he can make the Hall of Fame. I really do. But right now he's an MVP caliber talent. I think. I agree with Ben. Um, I'm just going to move it along. I have two more. I'll do three more basketball ones if that's all right. Go ahead. So let's move to Zion Williamson. Now, Ooh. little injury prone, injury prone, only played 19 games this, this year. But obviously people are obsessed with the hype. Where do you guys lie? That's tough. That's right really now tough. he's an all-star. I don't know. It's so hard to predict right now because we've seen so little of him in the NBA. Yeah. You know? So I, I mean, I, right now he's an all-star. I don't think he's in the MVP conversation this year. I mean, no. Is this is this one where I can say like, ask me in like three years? Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Durability, sh- what kind of shape he's in? He has a lot of ways to go, but dominance. I would say he's an all-star level player right now. With potential, if I'm talking potential, I don't know if I see him going this far, but I feel like the realm is this big, I feel like he could be MVP. And we'll we'll talk about Hall of Fame later. But Ben, are you kind of on the same wavelength as that? Yeah, I think obviously right now he's an all-star. He's not MVP yet. I think he could he could be MVP caliber. Um, that has that remains to be seen. Like you said, he still has, you know, a lot of boxes that need to be checked. But um, you know, if if I mean, Hall of Fame, obviously, way, way too, way too early to tell that. But I mean, he has the potential. But I, I mean, for now, I'm gonna say he'll he'll get an MVP. He's at MVP, or he'll he'll be at MVP for potential, I think. But right now, he's compar- an all star. Yeah. In terms of comparison, one that jumps to my mind is Charles Barkley. Um, so yep. Let, let's about- uh, let, let's shift off of basketball just for a little bit. We'll come back to you, Jason. Okay. Sound good. Uh, let's shift over to football. We just got done talking about this guy, DK Metcalf. What about him? <laughs> I'm just what do you, what do you, what do you mean? What, stop it. Uh, ben, how about you? Where, do you where, where is DK right now? See, wide receivers are obviously – a wide receiver has never won an MVP ever in the NFL. I, I think he could be in the Hall of Fame. I do. His body type, you know, 6'4", can run a 4'3", can catch anything you throw in his catch radius. I mean, he his vertical is through the roof. On paper, he could be a Hall of Famer, but for now, I mean, obviously he's an All Star. Um, I won't put him at MVP yet, but he has a chance to be in the Hall of Fame. 
I'll I'll qualify it like this. If he stays in Seattle with Russell Wilson playing at MVP level football, Hall of Famer. If yes. somehow they, they lose each other or you know, one of them switches teams or Russell's just simply not good or even DK's not that good, the ship has sailed. So he's an all-star. He's a Pro Bowl level talent. I would still take a decent amount of receivers above of him. I don't know if that's too hard to say, but I would take DeAndre. I would take Michael Thomas. I would take guys like that over him right now, even though he's leading receiving yards, like you said, uh, Ben, earlier in the show. Um, the, the, the size is there. I just, he needs Russell for it to happen, I think. Yeah, I mean, wide receiver is a really tough position to put to do this for because, again, it relies so much on who your quarterback is. It, it really does. And, you know, I wasn't trying to go too hard on DK because he is a, a talented player. Guy is in better shape than I ever could be. I'll be honest. Like, there's Same, yeah. You know, like, I'm not trying to take anything away from him. I'm really not. I'm just, you know, it, Ben, you mentioned nitpick. I just feel like if we're not nitpicking, like, nitpicking is what separates the good from the great. I'd say, but I'd not to go too far into that. But right now, he's about an all-star. He's a Pro Bowl caliber receiver. He can reach MVP potential if he, again, if if he sticks with Russell Wilson. Hall of Fame. Oof, I mean, I I think Hall of Fame is something for receivers that they have to have it. Oh, really? They have to have like a signature moment, that, or they have to have like a really high peak to get in, or you have to have a career like Jerry Rice, one of those two, and. Right now, DK hasn't had that yet. So I'll stick at all-star potential MVP if he sticks with Russ. And if you're going to make a comparison, the obvious one is Calvin Johnson. Mm-hmm. Jason, did you have any more basketball ones? I did. I was going to go to another Duke Blue Devil, if that's all right with you. And he resides in our beloved city. Jason Tatum. Where, where is Jason Tatum lying on the spectrum? MVP, potential Hall of Fame. Hey, and there we go. Yeah, ben, um, you agree? I do. I mean, right now, I don't know if I'd put him at MVP right now. I might put him at an All Star right now, but he definitely has a chance. If a hey, listen, if if he actually grew to six ten, like Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens are saying, and he's still elite like he is, go oh, look out. That's that's scary. But yeah, I mean, is he has a fair he has, comparison. Is a fair comparison then, Kevin Durant? Yeah. Hey, listen, I've been saying that since he got drafted. Everyone was comparing him to Paul Pierce. I was like, no. Listen, he's got the the wingspan. He he reminds me of Kevin Durant, and everyone laughed in my face. And they were like, oh, Paul Pierce. I'm like, nope, it's Kevin Durant. And now y'all are starting to come back around. I've been really right this show. Has anyone else noticed that? <laughs> I'm I'm rolling right now. But yeah, no, I think I think Tatum has an opportunity to be a Hall of Famer for sure. His number will be retired in Boston. And that's what he said that he wanted that Ooh. and he wants a title. So we'll see what happens. I'm with you guys though. MVP level, uh, upper tier all-star, lower tier MVP right now. Talk to me in a year or two. We'll talk about solidifying the MVP and then we'll talk about Hall of Fame. But I want to talk about, now this is one of the more interesting guys and a slept on guy. Started the all-star game this year, but Trey Young. All-star, he'll never make it above it. <laughs> oh, um, defense questionable pulls from half court little electrifying Steph Curry 2.0 diet version right now we'll see what happens but I'm with Andrew on this one yeah I'm with Andrew on this one I, I don't see him getting up to MVP I really don't I mean 
Nice little player. He's excited. The, Haw- the, Hawks, excited. Have, the, Haw- the Hawks have something there, but they need some other players around. <laughs> Could you like, belittle any nice little player? That's so like, like oh, okay, little man, okay. That's not, that's not what I mean. Like, he's a, he's a good player. He, I'm not sure he, he's going to be the best player on a championship team, though. He's not going to win an MVP award. He can't play defense. I, I just yeah, like, I, I don't see I mean, I don't Then see again, him. James Harden did, but like he put up like record shattering numbers. And yeah, James Harden was averaging 36 points a game, which, you know, Trey Young's exciting, but I mean, I think he could potentially grow into that caliber shooter, but I think if the Hawks are smart, they won't let him play that way. We'll see what happens. I think he MVP level talent. I'll, I'll say that. And we'll, I need to see his game grow a little bit more. Yeah. So. Let's move away from basketball. Any right. uh, any baseball, any football? What are we doing? Let's go Nick Bosa. Ooh. Ooh. That both Bosa's? Uh, I think Joey's 26, so he doesn't fall into this category. So oh, okay. All right. Um, so I think right now he's an all-star. He can be MVP Hall of Fame level. I think he's going to be – I, I know I mentioned a lot about TJ Watt. I love TJ Watt, but Nick Bosa is a physical freak. And so just – Wow, game record in his rookie year was in conversation not only for, for def- defensive rookie of the year last year, but defensive player of the year last year. Um, the 49ers have a stud right there. He can and he could be the best player in a championship winning team. He pretty much was last year. I agree. I'm right there with you. I mean, he was my pick to win defensive player of the year this year before he blew his knee out. So um, I mean, I like him. Like you said, Andrew, I, I agree with you hundred percent. I mean, he's a physical freak. I think he could win uh Defensive player of the year, which is basically an MVP for a defensive player. Um, so yeah, I got, I, yeah, I'll say, I'll say he can win MVP. He has potential to be Hall of Fame too. So almost won the Super Bowl last year as well. All right. How about Saquon Barkley? All star. That's, that's and that's it, really. Okay. Uh, running back's a little tough too because you're behind the offensive line and then you need, you, that's just a collaborative, like you can have like, Cam Akers is going off for the Rams. Like you don't really need like a Todd Gurley. You know what I mean? So well, is he is he is Saquon going to be a Derrick Henry, a Dalvin Cook? Is he going to be in that conversation, or is he just you know? Yeah, I guess I should rephrase that. Yeah, I mean he has the potential to be an MVP, but right now I'll, I'd like to stick with with just All Star. I I yeah, I mean I'd like to see him win an MVP. I don't know if I mean the Giants or the Giants, so. I mean, Plus, uh, right yeah. now he's an all-star potential. He could be an MVP, but that's, you know, that's asking a lot. Running back, too, is, you know, Derrick Henry's kind of an anomaly. I agree. Yeah. All right. Okay. I, have, I have my list. Um, let's see. Ronald Acuna. MVP. I think he can, he can pull through in the, in the playoffs. I'll give him champion. MVP. Yeah. Hall of Fame. Yeah. There's a lot of guys in front of him for it, but he could be in the conversation for goat. Goat. He could. He could be in the conversation. Would I put him over okay. Mike Trout right now? No, but potential. Right, but he's only 22 years old. Yeah, he's already been in the MVP conversation before. Guy has an elite swing, an elite eye. He can play great defense. Uh, seriously, like the the, the sky's the limit for this kid. Mm-hmm. Really. You know, there's and there's a lot of. I mean, baseball is one of those sports where there's such a rich history that it'd be really hard to put him above. But he would be in that conversation. I would put him next to Trout and Willie Mays and Ken Griffey Jr., Barry wow. Bonds. I would, I would. At, at the rate he's going a, at with that potential, with that ability, 
I would. Okay. Goat seems like a little far for me, but I'll, I'll go Hall of Fame 100%. I mean, like you said, Andrew, trajectory, potential, he's got it all. Um, that's what we're talking about here, though, right? We're talking about I, what's, what's those, the trajectory. What's the, what's the max potential of this player? I, I understand that. I just go. I mean, it, he'd really have to make a case. Like, again, so, Jason, are you saying Hall of Fame then? 100%. I'm saying high-tier Hall of Fame, like borderline GOAT. Okay. But he'd really have to shatter that glass ceiling if he's going to enter that category. But he's definitely has, he has the talent, and no doubt, to do it. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's not that's not totally out of the out of the stratosphere. I just I don't know. I'm a little below where you are. All right. Let's see here. I got I got a few. How about AJ Brown, Tennessee Titans? All star, nothing more. Yeah, I agree. Um, Brandon Ingram. All star, nothing more. Agreed. Agreed. Um, oh, how about Chase Young, Washington Football Team? Uh, MVP level, all star, and uh, hope. Yeah, I don't want to say Hall of Fame just yet because it's, he's so young and he's like only in his first year, so MVP too. And we'll keep it in the same draft class, Joe Burrow, all star MVP right now. Again, but he's again so young. Potential, potential. I think he yeah. can make the Hall of Fame. Potential. Well, that's the thing. Like, I mean. I, I was saying this about Lamar Jackson last year. I mean, Joe Burrow was great. He's he's the type the type of quarterback I I would take over Lamar Jackson. But you got to do it like year in year out before I give you yeah. Hall of Fame. Well, I, I'm just I'm just saying. I know I I'm not disagreeing no. with you. I'm just saying like I I need more of a sample size. Same thing we said no. You and I both said no for Zion. Me too. Um, Kyler Murray. Hall of Fame. MVP championship level. Me too. I'm with Andrew. I need to see a little bit more for Hall of Fame. I mean, I mean, it's easy. It's easier said than done, but yeah, I, I want to see more. That's fair. That's totally fair. All right, Justin Herbert. Again, same thing with Joe Burrow. Like, yeah, he's playing at an All Star level. He's going to win the Rookie of the Year now. But like, I need more. Like, I can't say yeah, yeah, definitively maybe, where he's going to be. Maybe how that was a good one. How about Bam Adebayo? That's an interesting one. All Star. No. Ah. Uh, all star. I'll keep it. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say all star. Nothing stars more. Say, it's yeah. hard for yeah. It's hard for him to win MVP. Can I uh, post one for well, you? Can, can, we, can we add in defensive player of the year to that to, as like a subcategory MVP? Because he might not win MVP MVP because he doesn't have the scoring output. Well, can he win defensive player of the year? Yes. Yeah. So but then like, yeah, you, I, I would put in the MVP category then. Can I can I add one more? Yeah. Uh huh. Barely on the cusp of uh, qualifying for this list, Ben Simmons. If he stays, you know, it depends on where he goes, obviously, but... All-star right now, he has MVP potential, and unless he develops some score, like some the ability to shoot, he won't make it above that. MVP he, level. He needs to be... He needs a, either develop the ability to shoot or he needs to get a, a shoot, a, some more shooters next to him, but he's nowhere close to a championship-level player. He could potentially reach MVP, but he's not there yet. Yeah, that's fair. I thought I was going to be a little over you guys when I was going to, I was going to say MVP, but I didn't know. I thought you guys were just going to say all-star, nothing more. But All right. Last one. All right. You know what? Just, just for the fun of it, Connor McDavid of the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, MVP level right now. He could make the hall of fame. He could. Oh, he'll make the hall of fame. He'll make the hall of fame. He might be one of those guys who, again, has a great statistical career. I just, he, he's going to be like, 
Dan Marino. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I question whether he can really get it done in the playoffs. He's not exactly very strong. He, he, an elite passer, an elite scorer on the ice, but I, I you don't really have to be strong though. Wayne Gretzky yeah, was you, tiny. You, you know, you still need to be into the well as as a center, I guess not. But he, he he's just he's so fast. Yep. So uh, Hall of Fame, but in, but in, but in the pl- but in the playoffs, no, he can be, he'll make the Hall of Fame just off his career statistics alone. But it could he be the best player in a championship team? I don't know because the Stanley Cup Finals are so physical. It's so, you know, you need to be strong and to be physical to get through those. I don't know. So I, I, he'll make the Hall of Fame. He might, again, if, it's, if the, the stats measure up, like I think they will, he'll be in the conversation for GOAT, but I don't know if we'll ever have the championship pedigree to, to have that conversation. And that's about all the time we have for the final call this week. Make sure to check us out on our podcast page, wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you're interested in doing some reading, make sure to check out newenglandsportsunited.com, written by the one and only Jason Snow and scoreboardtimes.com written by myself. As always, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FinalCallMCC. Make sure to be ready and stick around and coming up on Friday, the NBA extravaganza episode. We will preview the entire upcoming NBA season for Jason Snow, for Ben Mamaritas. I'm Andrew Fantuccio. This has been the final call on Radio Massasoit. <laughs>